Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Good Monday, everybody. Welcome back to the Unscripted Ohio podcast. I am Kyle Lamb with my new co-host, Chris Drew. Our Monday recap show as we're talking Ohio State's win, 73-14 over Maryland. So much for Chase Young mattering in this game. True story, I'm not going to, I'm not going to expose the person. I'm not going to make fun, at least not by name. But I actually had somebody ask me this week, and I don't believe it was tongue-in-cheek, but they asked me if I thought Ohio State would still beat Maryland without Chase Young. True story. If there was any doubt in your mind, 73-14 to Buckeyes victory. And I apologize for making fun of you on the podcast, but at least I'm not naming you by name, so don't take it personally. Anyhow... Chris Drew is here as we talk about the big performance against Maryland and many other topics today. Chris, how's it going, my man? Oh, I'm feeling wonderful. The Buckeyes won, the Browns won, and uh, and here we are. Did you have any doubts that they would beat uh, Maryland without Chase Young? Um, not even a little bit. I it never even crossed my mind the potential of them losing that game. That's good um, because I, I would probably have to boycott you from the show if you did. <laughs> Just fire me on the spot, huh? Actually, I you know it's weird. I, I I was excited to see Chase Young against Maryland, you know, going back home. But on the flip side, when it, when when he's suspended, I mean, I get excited about our young guys. You know that, and so getting to see kind of them for extended snaps, I I enjoyed it. I, you know, I of course I want to see Chase Young play, but I wasn't too. I wasn't too super, super hurt about the, the whole situation. Yeah, you know, Chase is the most disruptive player in college football. We know that. I, look, I don't think Ohio State could win the national championship without him because they would have to get through. I think they could beat any given team in this country without Chase Young. I don't know that they could string together two playoff wins, not to mention like getting in there in the first place, having to beat Penn State, having to beat Michigan, having to beat what looks like is going to be Minnesota. I don't know that they could win those five games in a row without him, but they're certainly good enough to beat any team in the country. Right. And actually I would disagree. I think with or without Chase Young, I think this team um, makes to the national title. So that's where I'm at. Chase Young is extremely disruptive. 
he's incredible. But at the same time, I think this, this team, this secondary is so deep, the linebackers are playing well. I think this team gets it done without Chase Young. But I feel a lot better with him in the lineup, obviously. Yeah, and the good news here, I've said this on Twitter, so everybody, I, I think I'm, I'm giving you permission to relax here. I'm not making any guarantees. I, I actually had somebody criticize me because I wouldn't make a guarantee about this over the weekend. But the good news here is Ohio State thinks that Chase Young will be back this week or next. I do know, I can tell you this, this is not guessing, Ohio State intends to apply for reinstatement this week. As I said on the bonus edition of Unscripted Ohio on Friday explaining the situation, whenever a player is ruled ineligible by the school or the NCAA, the proper protocol is for the school to wait until they feel enough time has elapsed and all the conditions are met for reinstatement, and then they go apply for reinstatement. In that time, while this is going on, they're working with the NCAA to come to a conclusion, and that usually means trading information, trading advice, trading insight. There's usually a good guess as to what the NCAA is going to rule. Ohio State is intending to apply for reinstatement this week. They're hopeful that it's going to be approved. Even if it's rejected, they don't think that he's going to sit out more than one more week. So, Chris, from the way things sound, Ohio State is is feeling like Chase Young will be back either for the Rutgers game this Saturday or Penn State on uh, next Saturday. Yeah, I mean, and that's a big deal. Everything I've read is kind of their like two games is, is kind of kind of a max, and obviously time served for one. Um, but yeah, I mean, he'll he'll be back. I, you know, when this first came out, I was a little concerned that he wouldn't play the remainder of the year. Um, kind of, you know, it was a little bit of hair on fire, kind of panic mentality. But, I mean, kind of learning what we've learned through the last couple of days, I think it's safe to say, at least I hope it's safe to say, that he's, he's going to be back either for Penn State or Rutgers. Like you said, he's not going to miss the remainder of the regular season. He's not going to miss um, the, the, the postseason. And who knows, Kyle, I know, I know Joe Burrow, you know, did his little thing, but we're only a, a seven-sack game away from Chase Young being back in that New York discussion. <laughs> I think Chase Young can still get back to New York. I think Joe, the way he played over the weekend, it probably locked things up. Over 400 yards passing against Bama. He looked really good. Look, I, I'm, I know some of you were thinking as I say that, well, Bama's defense is overrated. I agree with you, but nonetheless, what Joe Burrow did on Saturday was flat-out filthy, and I think he locked up the Heisman barring a just disastrous fall-apart performance against Georgia in the SEC title game. I think the Heisman is now his to lose. Right, I would I would agree with you, um, and it's not you know people are always always going to say you know Alabama's defense isn't that good, but the optics of it and and the Heisman is so much about optics and and moments, and he passed that with flying colors like going to Alabama, throwing for over 400 yards and getting the the program's first win against Alabama in several years. Like the optics, it's there. He looks the part. I mean, he is the part. Uh, and even if they lose to Georgia, don't the, don't half the voters put their votes in before the uh, before the title games anyway? Some so, of them I mean, do. I th- I think last year it was like fifteen to twenty percent of them did. Yeah, like uh, yeah. So I mean, I mean, the only way I mean it would take a fold and then Chase Young getting a, a seven sack game against that team up north or somewhere along the way to kind of shift the tide. But uh, Joe is phenomenal and, and he's QB one. And he, he's going to be one of the – he should be one of the top two picks in the draft, by, by my estimation. So, But, yeah, I, I'm so happy for Joe. I know a lot of Buckeye fans are happy for him. The other half is like, I only root for Ohio State. But as a guy who, who covered Ohio sports and Ohio high school football, like I, I just 
I love Joe Burrow. I wanted to get a statue. Now, it's interesting with that LSU performance. We'll, we'll talk more specifically about the Maryland game in a minute because Ohio State obviously had a really impressive performance. As I, I said earlier, 73-14, 705 yards total offense despite the starters being out by halftime. Really, really good showing for Ohio State. They, they did nothing to, if you thought Ohio State was the number one team in the country before, they did nothing to make you doubt that. But LSU did look pretty good. They were up by 20 at half against Alabama. They did let the tide back in the game a little bit. It wound up being a little too close for their comfort. But the playoff committee has an interesting dilemma on their hands on Tuesday. I know people will say this doesn't matter. And at and, and the end of the day, maybe it doesn't matter a lot, but it does matter a little bit as to what they're going to do. I think any scenario, Ohio State could stay number one. LSU could pass them for number one. I'm taking the approach this week. I think Ohio State may stay at number one. And I'm taking the approach because the committee stated in no uncertain terms through Rob Mullins, the chairperson, they stated last week that Ohio State is the best team in the country. They, they think flat out they're number one. If that was the reason that Ohio State was number one last week, my opinion, Chris, you have to keep Ohio State one this week despite LSU having another really good win. That's nothing against LSU. It's not to say that they aren't deserving of credit. I just think, rationally speaking, if Ohio State was the best team last week, I think you've got to stay consistent with that this week. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. For everyone coming out there saying, oh, LSU, they're like the resume. Da, da, da. No, no, listen. So the committee's job is to rank the best teams. Right. They think that Alabama was the third best team. They thought that LSU was the second best team. So if they think LSU is better than Bama by, uh, you know, what was it, four or five points? Right. Five. Yeah, then, then they're right. Then they did their job. And so this, the same holds true for Ohio State. Like, the committee was right. Alabama was not better than LSU. LSU was the second-best team in the country by, by, by a close margin. Thank so you. So I think it, it, you, you can't you can't over-rationalize and get into this, you know, deserves argument because as soon as you get there, then you run into a lot of problems. And so I think that the committee last week felt like Alabama was the third-best team, LSU was the second-best team. Well, LSU proved them right, and by beating the number three team by four or five points, you, so, hit the, and, you hit the nail on the head. LSU did what the committee expected them to do. They thought LSU was better than Bama. Lo and behold, LSU beat Bama. So proved them right. So why are you going to bump them up for doing something you expected them to do? Right. And so that, I mean, that's what all the, uh, the, the Twitter experts, the, the Twitter committees are going to say, well, resume, resume, resume. No, no, no. The committee's job is to kind of predict what would happen in these scenarios, and they got it right. And LSU proved them right. There should be no movement from one and two. Number one should be Ohio State. They didn't show any signs of slowing down, any weakness, any new, new thing. Like the information we had just confirmed what what the committee thought. And and if they change it up, then you really start to see a. It would be a real problem if they, if they switched up. Not, I mean, optics was everyone's like, okay, well, it's fine. Like you know, LSU beat Bama. They deserve to be one. But if it's best teams, not most deserving teams then you keep one and two exactly where they are. Well, and Chris, let's say they do flop them. I, I don't agree with it for the reason I just listed, but if they do it, it's not the most, it's not the worst thing in the world, but I will say this. You can't assume that LSU will stay number one because if Ohio state turns around next week and beats Penn state and then beats Michigan after 
then if the committee's being consistent, then they should put Ohio State right back there at number one. And I think that's what would happen if they do put LSU number one this week. If you're going to be consistent about that, then you have to reward Ohio State when they come through with their big wins while uh, while LSU is playing, what, Arkansas and Ole Miss and uh, Texas A&M. So you have to be consistent about this if you're going to flop them. Right, 100%. And if they're not consistent, then you kind of open up the floodgates for a whole bunch of shenanigans and a guessing game. And then a lot of fan bases at the end being confused because you know you show one trend there and then you take that trend away and then it doesn't apply true to that team. So I'm curious. I, I don't want them to flop, but I want them to do the right thing. But I've wanted them to do the right thing several years, and it seems like they drop the ball more times than not. But, I mean, eh, it is what it is. It's frustrating, but I am curious to see how kind of outside of that top two plays out because I think we'll really learn a lot in terms of kind of where their head is at and, and, and kind of what teams project to be those final four teams. And I'm of the opinion Alabama will be number four this week. And I, I do think that they still have a path to make the playoff, but I think it's going to require a lot of chaos because I absolutely do not think Alabama has any chance of making it over a one-loss SEC champion Georgia and I don't think that they would make it over a one-loss Pac-12 champion. Where the chaos comes in is if one of the Oregon or Utah loses and the other one wins the game, or, or that the one that loses wins the Pac-12 championship, and maybe Georgia loses to Auburn but still wins the SEC title with two losses. Those are the chaos scenarios where I could see Alabama making it. But if Georgia wins out by beating LSU, they would have a win over Auburn in that that time. Now, granted, Alabama would have a win over Auburn in that scenario as well, but still Georgia would win out beating LSU, which Alabama did not, and they would have the SEC title with one loss. You cannot tell me there is any way in the world that Alabama would get in over Georgia, its own conference champion, when they both have one losses, and Georgia beat the LSU team at a neutral field that Alabama lost to at home. Right. <laughs> Alabama's argument to get in the playoff can't be, I mean, if, if that all comes true, Alabama's argument can't be, well, we have the better loss because the, the community's kind of shown us that better loss might not mean a whole ton. But best case scenario for me, Baylor just wins every game by one point. That's the chaos I want to see. <laughs> the better loss. Baylor win every week by one point. Look, the better loss argument is the tiebreaker. It shouldn't be the thing that starts the conversation. It should be, okay, you have a comparable resume. You have comparable wins. You have a comparable strength of schedule. Uh, there's not a difference between whether or not you're a conference champion. So the better loss comes in as the tiebreaker. It, it, it doesn't start the conversation. Right. I agree. I, I, I mean, right now, that's kind of the, the best part of Alabama's resume is that they only lost LSU by five. I, right now, that's the best thing. You're, you're talking about the Baylor chaos scenario, and there's another chaos scenario. Let's say Minnesota, because Minnesota only has to mm -hmm. really win. If they beat Wisconsin, it's over. Um, you know, they would, barring a loss to Iowa and Northwestern, if they beat Wisconsin and Northwestern but lose to Iowa, they're still going to the Big Ten title game. That, for me, is the interesting scenario, because if Minnesota wins out and upsets Ohio State in the championship— I actually think there's a really good chance Minnesota and Ohio State would be going to the playoff because Minnesota's not going to be left out undefeated. But what if they are a one-loss Big Ten champion? Then you've got a really interesting scenario because you've got a one-loss Minnesota who's the Big Ten champion, a one-loss Ohio State who's not the champion. I think Ohio State could stay ahead of Alabama in that scenario, but the Minnesota 
argument over Alabama gets really interesting. I'm not sure a one-loss Minnesota would climb ahead of Alabama, while I do think a undefeated Minnesota does. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they would have the argument too if they, you know, they would have the best win out of all those teams. Then the argument would be, well, we have the better win. And then I think the committee comes out and says, well, we just think Alabama is a better football team, and that's kind of what they hang their hat on. And then we we go to the playoff as is. Now, the the interesting thing would be again it, if one of those other teams, those other champions, had the one loss as well, then it kind of gets really tricky. I think that I think that the conference championship should put Minnesota over Alabama if Alabama. If they're both one loss, like if you beat Ohio State, like that's the most impressive win out of all those schools, and I think you have to go with Minnesota there. But name recognition wise, I, I'm not sure the committee will pull the trigger on that one, and then you know have everyone laugh at them ten years down the road. Ha! That's the committee that put in Minnesota over Alabama. Chris, I'm going to ask you a question. So we have been spending the entire season watching the development of Justin Fields, and he's been consistently getting better. His stats don't always show it, but even games where he doesn't have his best statistical effort. He does things out there that you watch and you're just like, wow, he's getting better really quickly. But we have always also said all ga- all season long that if Justin Fields goes down, that's it for Ohio State. There's the, you know, they just their biggest weakness right now is quarterback depth. Now, I'm going to say something. I I do not think if Justin Fields goes down, they can win 5 games in a row at the end of the season to win a title with Chug. But I will say this. For the first time all year, watching Chug in the second half against Maryland, and it is just Maryland, I'm taking that into account, and it is just one game. But for the first time, I watched Chug make some throws and run an offense, and I thought to myself, if Justin Fields just goes down in a pinch, where maybe he goes down in the second quarter with like a twisted ankle or something, and he can't return, and they need Chug to come in and finish off a close game against a good team, Saturday was the first time I thought to myself, you know, he might just be able to pull it off. Yeah, I don't know if it was fool's gold, but he was throwing some dots, Kyle. I was watching him, and I was very impressed. And my mind kept replaying all people saying, oh, Justin Fields can't separate from Hoke. That's kind of where my mind was going. I was like, Chuck looks really good. And I don't know if it was because it was Maryland. I don't know if that obviously had something to do with it, but. Obviously, we don't want Justin Fields to go down, but I would agree with you. In fact, I even think that he could win a game. Like, if he goes down in the first quarter, I think they could win a game with him, especially how good this offensive line has looked and kind of the the most consistent player on offense. I mean, J.K. Dobbins has been sensational and, and isn't really getting a ton of Heisman hype, but he's been sensational. So I think they can definitely win a game, one game with Chugs, and, and, and I would I would bet on that. Well, and I saw a play early in the third quarter – where Jamison Williams, who's going to be a stud, by the way. I mean, I oh, think every superstar man. I, I think everybody can see it. He's going to bust out in a big way. But he undercut a route, and Chug was on him and taking the leadership of pointing out, "Hey, man, here's what I saw. Here's what happened. You need to get out." I, I think it was a it was a post, and he just kind of he lollygagged it a little too far inside where he should, and and Chug was looking for him to go more. Uh, down towards no. the, the boundary, and he just didn't do it. Yeah, outside the numbers. Yeah, and, and, and Chug was on him right away about it. And that's that's the kind of fiery leadership you love to see from a backup quarterback that doesn't play very much, so you don't expect that kind of thing in game action. But he was out there fired up. He saw it right away, and he was on Williams about it. That's Look, nobody wants Fields to go down. And if he does, like I said, I don't think that Ohio State can win a, 
a championship without Fields in there. But Chug did look the part Mar- uh, against Maryland, and that was really encouraging to think in a short-term pinch, maybe he's ready for it now. Right, I would agree, and I, and I think him showing some promise and on the flip side when Fields goes down, if excuse me, if Fields goes down, then there'll be a kind of a heightened sense of urgency from all the other pieces. This team isn't going to panic, so I think they could elevate Chugs even more, to add to your point. So this Maryland game got out of hand. Uh, clearly, Ohio State was fired up for this game. We we talked about this last week. We said we thought the defense would be motivated, and they they played it. They played like it. They really played like a team that wanted to take it to Maryland. We saw uh, the most brilliant onside kick in the first half we've ever seen. We saw 705 yards of offense. Maryland struggled to get to 100 on the one touch, the first touchdown drive they had. 60 yards were in penalties. The other 20 yards were an actual offense or 25 yards. Uh, It was just a dominant performance. And Joe Klatt and Gus Johnson insinuated after the onside kick and then later on in the first half, they insinuated that maybe Ohio State had extra motivation for this game. And even Maryland insiders and uh, their forums and and some of their beat writers are speculating maybe Maryland was was uh, the culprit as far as turning in Chase Young. I'm curious your thoughts on this because there seems to be a lot of smoke about this. Yeah, there's there's a lot of smoke, Kyle, and I love conspiracy theories. And if it makes a ton of sense, then it might be correct. <laughs> You know, Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson, they're in those meetings with coaches. They they're are. around the program a little bit. So, uh, and it makes sense. There is a pipeline from that the, the high school that Chase Young went to to Maryland. So, somebody told me, I, somebody told me one of his coaches, maybe his head coach, is actually on the Maryland staff now. I, I, I should have double checked that. I shouldn't, probably shouldn't throw it out there without having double checked that. So, I'm sorry if that's mistaken, but I, I, I did read that somewhere. Yeah, that that wouldn't surprise me, and I, you know, there's there's an awful an awful lot of smoke there, and, and it did feel like we were didn't quite feel like we were pouring it on, but there there were some kind of knife twisting moments there in that game, especially the onside kick, which was freaking beautiful. I I loved everything about that. Well, day is practical, and this I said this on Twitter on Saturday. Day is the perfect combination of being aggressive but not being reckless, and and I think that's the same thing in this case. He may, if the rumors are true, I'm sure he wanted to pour it onto Maryland. They could have probably scored 100 in this game if they really, really wanted to. But Day's practical. He's pragmatic. He's not stupid. He knows he can't take a risk in this situation. He has to think big picture. And I think he played this well. He got the point across without putting extra risk to some of his star players. Right, 100%. I saw someone, I don't know if it was you on Twitter or someone else on Twitter talking about, well, now every team remaining on Ohio State schedule has to cut out 20 minutes of their practice to prep for this, uh, this weird onside pooch kick that can come at any moment. That was the, mo- it was the most beautifully executed onside I've ever seen. I, it really is amazing. I, I, I mean, that was basically a kick pass perfectly on target to Olave. Right. Made for a ton of great jokes, jokes about, you know, Ohio State's kicker kicks the ball more accurately than than, than Michigan's quarterback and, uh, uh, you know, throws it. So, the, you know, a lot of great jokes came out of that. And I can't believe I just said the M word on your podcast. I apologize. This um, look, you know, the Keandre Jones stuff is interesting. I, 
I still can't tell if they're joking about Jones, though. Like, I, I feel like maybe they know the Maryland stuff is real, and I can't tell if they're just joking about him being a rat because he's on Maryland who may have turned Ohio State in, or if, if there is legitimately something to that. And, you know, but I couldn't tell if it was if they were joking with him or not. Yeah, it was it was really weird. I when I first watched the video, I'm like, okay, they're joking. And then I saw uh, Damon Webb and Chris Worley's comments on the uh, on the on the Instagram post um, right. where they said, "Well, I'll take a picture with a with a known rat." And da 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 da. And I was like, oh. And then you kind of watch the video again, and like through that scope, it kind of looks like they're are they are they clowning him? Is this is this a joke? Like, like what, what is this? Some some just some more smoke out here, and I and it's it's really really confusing, and I can't wait for to learn answers down the road when someone does a tell all at some point. I'm curious what you thought about the performance of some of these other guys in the second half. We mentioned already Jameson Williams, and we know your thoughts on Garrett Wilson. Uh, Garrett! Oh, <laughs> I, Kyle, 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 Kyle. I, like, that second half, like, I'm sitting there, just, and I love Garrett, and I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, dude, we're going to have him? Yes, we're going to have Julian Fleming? And Justin Fields still going to be throwing them the ball? Are and, you kidding me? And I don't know if you've been paying attention, but my goodness, Jackson Smith uh, Najigba has been putting up uh, just an unbelievable highlight reel this year. Like he is, no, he's been he's been incredible. Like this talent evaluation staff by Ohio State and and Brian Hartline and, and G Scott. Oh my good, Kyle, I'm going to lose my mind. Like I'm ready. Like oh my good, I, this year has been so fun. Next year is going to be so fun. I I love receivers. I love young receivers. And yeah, you're right. Jackson's he's been tearing kids up. And and on the other side of the ball, dude, like if you're an opposing coach and you're looking at Ohio State's second and third teamers playing the way they did in the second half, I mean they were they were a little erratic, like fundamentally unsound with all the penalties. That stuff is expected from guys who don't play a lot. But they were making some plays. Like we saw Kiv- Kevon Pope, who Greg Shiano was was talking about last December as playing really well. We hadn't really seen it this year. But Pope had had some amazing plays there in the second half. That that Ohio those young pups on the Ohio State defense looked terrifyingly good uh, through periods of that third and fourth quarter. Yeah, they looked at Pope. He was flying around, man. Had had a pick, and and Al Washington was the first one running down there, giving giving big hugs. The, the whole thing was fun to watch. The, the pass is seventy plus points. Like seeing our young guys and like what Urban Meyer talks about, like building depth, like. We are getting to witness building depth and it's explosive depth. And I'm excited for the now. This has been an incredible season and this will continue to be an incredible season. But the future, gee whiz. Like, I, I don't, if, if you're any other team in the Big Ten, how are you optimistic at all? Like, if you're an offseason champ, how are you optimistic at all that Ohio State's not going to come in there and hang up 55 on your head and, and only allow you to score three to six points um, and probably maybe an extra seven on, on Ohio State's backups? The numbers on this team are ridiculous. First of all, it's the second time Ohio State has scored 70 points in a season. Okay, that's the the first time that's happened since 1996. It's the first time since 1950 a Big Ten team has scored 70-plus points on a Big Ten opponent. Ohio State has scored outscored their opponents by 383 points so far this year, which is the second most in NCAA scholarship era dating back to 1975. Kansas Sheesh. State, one more, say that one more time. Three hundred eight, outscored their opponents three hundred eighty-three points this year. That is the second most in the NCAA scholarship era, which dates back to nineteen seventy-five. 
Kansas State in 1998 outscored their first nine opponents by 403. And oh, by the way, they only outscored Nebraska the next week by 10, which is 413. 413, 383, Ohio State has Rutgers coming up this week. Just saying. And what's the line on the Rutgers game? Remind everybody. Yeah, the, the opening line was 50 and a half points. And to be honest, I would never, ever encourage anybody to ever put money down on a 50-point favorite to cover. I might do that this week. I might tell you. I have states covered every game this year. I, I told that to someone um, on air, and they immediately said, I'm taking it right now. Like I'm, I'm taking it right now. I'm surprised it's not triple digits. Well, and here's the most shocking stat. This is the one I'm I'm holding, and I mentioned this on Twitter Saturday night. This is the money line. This is the money stat right here, Chris. Ohio State has outscored the spread. I'm not saying margin of victory. That was 383. They've outscored the spread by 163 points. That is golly. That is more than uh, 118 of the other. 129 teams in FBS have outscored their opponents, period. Golly. They, outscored the spread? They have. They are outscoring the spread by an average of 18 points per game this season. Folks, Vegas is supposed to be 50-50 on, on these spread games. And Ohio State is not only dominating the spread, but by that significant of a margin, that is absolutely insane that uh, is a mind-blowing number Kyle it, it, not not another team in football this year has has cracked 100 outscoring the spread by 100 and they're they are at 163 currently uh Vegas is like you said Vegas is usually pretty good at this you know even in in week nine of a college football season they're usually regressing teams based on past history their coaches history based on various stats they actually look at past rushing totals past passing totals, uh, sacks, stuff like that. They look at past years to regress teams, and they look at last season's results to regress teams. They are having a hard time catching up with how good this Ohio State team is right now. Yeah, I'm not going to lie on it. That 50 point seems low. Like I, I almost, You almost would want to try to scare people away from that by going like 60 points, right? It's, you, you know, the thing is, in most cases, you you never jump on these high totals, the 40 or 50, because in crunch time or in garbage time, fluky things happen. And you just never know when, uh, you know, a 40 point lead becomes a 30 point lead. And and, and that's why the, the spreads are dangerous. But in this particular case, Ohio State's second and third teamers are playing so amazingly well. And Rutgers is so bad. Again, I don't want to tell you to go drop a hundred bucks of your hard-earned money on this spread, but this is one of the few cases I would kind of encourage you if you're ever going to bet a, a line that big. This this would be the one. Maybe this would be the one. Yeah, this this would be the one. That that's absolutely insane. This Ohio State team has been absolutely incredible this year. No one can deny that, and 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 that stat is alarming. And I know people in Vegas are. You know, heads are spinning trying to figure out how many points. It is. I mean, that that that's got to be like the, you know, get me a spread that applies to this team. It's got to be kind of what's going on in Vegas at the moment. It's got to be. Uh, so, Chris, uh, before we wrap up here, you know, Ohio State, uh, by the way, playing Rutgers three thirty. That is a Big Ten Network kickoff this this afternoon or this Saturday afternoon. So, good news for those people that are tired of the noon kickoffs. This will be three thirty. BTN. Ohio State is a fifty and a half point favorite. 
my opinion, you could see Chase Young back out there. If not, he's if he's not out there this week, I think he'll be out there for Penn State. But Ohio State football playing records as a 50-point favorite on Saturday, 3:30 Big Ten Network. Ohio State basketball capped off a 20-point win over UMass Lowell. Another slow start for Ohio State basketball, but they did crank it up in the second half. The lead got up to like 31 points at one point before in garbage time. UMass Lowell made it a little closer than it was. Another stellar performance for DJ Carton. Chris, this guy is really amazing. He's maybe the best blend of athleticism, scoring, shooting, passing, defense, all of the the things you look for in a, in a point guard. Maybe the best blend of all of them that they've had since Mike Conley. And yes, I realize D'Angelo Russell played in 2014. I think he might have, I'm not saying he's better than D'Angelo, but I'm saying he might be the most well-rounded point guard they've had since Conley. Yeah, and then one other thing you can throw in there is, is defense. I mean, right. really, if you have like you know, uh, if you have like an allowance you're spending each on on attributes, I think he's the most well-rounded. I think he's a better athlete than D'Lo. Not saying he's better than D'Lo. I think he's a better athlete, and I think he's a better defender. On the flip side, um, he looks really, really good. He had 13, four, and three today, um, and he's super impressive for a young guy. Sometimes he plays a little bit too sped up, but other time you're like okay, wow, I get why he's playing so sped up. Um, I, I have super, super high hopes for him. Um, I think he's going to be incredible, and it's kind of bittersweet because I feel like he'll start to pick it up near the end of the year, and then all the draft stuff will happen, and maybe maybe you flirt with going, maybe you don't. But, I mean, he, I saw two of those passes. Kyle, I was like, oh, my goodness. And, you know, I love my left-handed, you know, combo guards like D'Angelo Russell and James Harden. And, and DJ Harden is, is special, and it's going to be a special Ohio State guard. Um, and if you haven't, switched over because I know a lot of people don't switch over to watching basketball full time until football is over. Please go watch this guy. Cause I don't know how long we're going to have him, but DJ Carson is fantastic. And, I, and he's get he's, he showed already showed improvement from last, from the last game. Excuse me. Well, look, Ohio state has Villanova coming up on Wednesday. And if you're home around the television on Wednesday and you're, you're free, there's no excuse not to turn on the television. They play Villanova, which is number 10 in the country. That is Wednesday on FS1 at 7 p.m. That's a 7 p.m. local tip. And this is a good chance to see a really good Ohio State team. There are two things that concern me right now. Two things that I think Ohio State has to get better at. Number one, Caleb Wesson, for all the attention he's got to the amount of weight he's lost, and he's in really, really good shape. He looks good. He looks more nimble. He's not getting tired. He's not fouling as much. The weight loss is definitely helping him. If there's one thing that concerns me about it, He's become such a good shooter on the perimeter. He's getting a little too shot happy, and I don't think he's using his skills in the post enough right now. I think they're going to have to rein him in and make sure he doesn't lose that identity of playing the offense through him in the post. The second thing yeah. that... Oh, go ahead, Chris. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, you, you don't want to forget he's going to carve up guys down low. Like, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of guys in this team that can shoot. We want him to carve up guys down low. That's all right. I was going to say. It, it's, an, it's an asset for a guy to be able to step out and hit a shot. There's, you, don't, you don't stop that. You, don't, you, know, you want him doing that. He just can't live out there behind the three-point line. And I, I, right now I see some bad habits with that. I don't think he's spending enough time in the post, and that's just a little concern right now. It's, I'm not going to blow it out of proportion yet because it's early, but I do think that that could be a problem later in the year. He needs to stay down there. The second issue I have, and I don't even know if it's an issue. They've got a lot of guys that can shoot, but right now I don't see anybody that can step up consistently as a go-to shooter. Carton is the closest thing we've seen. Ironically, Wesson might be the second closest we've seen so far. 
but they need guys like Justin Ahrens and Dwayne Washington and Luther Muhammad. They need to step up as more consistent shooters. If that happens, the sky is the limit for the team. Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head. We want one of those guys last year that kind of made the progression. Uh, to, I thought Justin Ahrens would be that because I thought he was had the pure stroke last year. But whoever it is, one of those three guys you mentioned have. I mean, once they figure it out, that's going to offer a couple of things. It's going to offer a perfect spacing. Um, B having a big guy to kind of bounce out there. There's going to be a lot of clear lanes. And with DJ Carden, that's kind of the, the. I mean, he's going to be able to get to the hoop whenever you want, and you don't want teams to be able to zone them for for full games. And if you can shoot well enough, then teams can't zone you for full games. And you can get a lot of chances at the rim with, with Wesson and with Carden. I'm surprised you didn't bring up the free throw shooting because that was the one thing that really really concerns me at this point. The only reason I, ha- I didn't bring it up is because as bad as it's been, and Ohio State right now is shooting like 60% in the first two games, I didn't bring it up because I, I don't believe that's going to be a long-term problem. I, I can't fathom they're going to continue to shoot this poorly. Carton is a good free throw shooter. I've seen it. I know Caleb Wesson is a pretty good free throw shooter. These guys that are missing free throws, most of them should be making it. So I'm right now, I, I didn't bring it up because I'm passing it off as a just a small sample size, and I assume it'll get better. I think I think that's fair. I, I anticipate it'll get better too once once guys get in the in the, in the game flow and kind of get in rhythm and kind of figure out where they are. I think you'll see the, the free throw percentage improve. And I there's agree. and there's a lot of that in the first few games. We've seen a couple slow starts. I, I, the team's still feeling each other out. Anytime you add. In this case, four new guys. And C.J. Walker, by the way, another really, really sound point guard that Ohio State has. He and Carton are, are the best duo of point guards they've had in a long time. Maybe since Conley and Butler, actually, now that I think about it. They play really well together. I love that two-point guard lineup that they're using right now. But this team is still feeling each other out with the four newcomers. And, of course, they have two guys out right now. Musa Jallo, who was already out, and then Andre Wesson, who took that... Uh, shot to the eye socket the other day. He's going to be out for a couple weeks as well. So they're feeling each other out, and I think it'll take a few weeks, but I really think Ohio State will be clicking by the time December rolls around. I think that's fair, and I'm would I would i on that bandwagon as well, Kyle. <laughs> so Ohio State basketball, as I mentioned, Wednesday, Villanova, number 10 team in the country, comes to town. That is a 7 p.m. tip. That'll be on FS1 if you can't make it over to Value City Arena. So Ohio State football and Ohio State basketball with some, so well, I was going to say big games. Uh, you can't call Rutgers a big game, but Ohio State football and basketball with games this week. We'll leave it at that. So I, I got to thank my man, Chris Drew. Hey, Chris, uh, so you are also going to be coming at us with an unscripted Ohio of your own every Friday. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Every Friday I'll have unscripted Ohio with uh, with Chris Drew, the fill-in. I'm, now I'm giving a substitute teacher audition. I'm not quite as good as Kyle, <laughs> but I will do my best. And then also got dog days coming up um, on Tuesday. And then Cavs cast a little bit on Wednesday with uh, Rock Anushi. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm willing to lend the brand name over to Chris, and I trust that the, the place is not going to catch fire when I'm gone. But Chris and I will be back every Monday with our recap show Chris will be around every Friday. And don't forget also Rocco Miller and I, for you college hoops fans, will have a college basketball episode every Wednesday. That is court awareness podcast. So double dose of hump day basketball uh, episodes on Wednesday, Chris and Rocco Nushi with Cavs cast and myself and Rocco Miller with court awareness. So it is a basketball extravaganza on Wednesdays, Chris. Yeah, I'm super excited. I love hoops first. So, uh, he, you know, we each have our respective Rockos that we're doing shows with. 
And if you're not a college basketball fan or an NBA fan, don't worry. Remember, there's always Shane Larson on Thursday with Gridiron Game Time. So uh, catch me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Catch Chris on Twitter at the underscore Chris with a K underscore Drew, D-R-E-W. Catch the show on all of our episodes on Twitter at unscripted Ohio one. That's going to do it it for that's going to do it for us today. Make sure you catch Johnny and Corey on Tuesday with the Scarlet and gray podcast for Chris drew. I'm Kyle lamb. Thanks for listening to unscripted Ohio. Have a great week, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.